Yo, beautiful people, welcome to Scotty Stories, man. I hope you're doing okay and I hope you're having a blast. My name is Neville Scott and I am your current host. I'm also a student here at CMU under the Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering. And today I get to have a conversation with an exceptional guest who graduated from CMU's class of 2004 and he's had an excellent career. Currently, he works as a director at uh, one of uh, the most reputable and, and one of the largest really social media stroke tech stroke VR companies in the world. We had an excellent illuminating conversation and I hope you will enjoy it. So take a listen and have a blast. Right, uh, beautiful people, welcome to yet again another episode of Scotty Stories. And today I am joined by an incredible guest, uh, Mr. Ronjan Sikdar. Uh, Mr. Ronjan, would you mind introducing yourself and maybe sharing a thing or two about how you like to spend most of your time? Absolutely. Hi, I'm Ronjan Sikdar. I'm a CMU class of 2004, uh, graduating with a business degree with a minor in statistics. Um, I am all things um, stats nerd wise. So like I love running analytics on uh, basketball and football data. Uh, so I run power rankings on the NFL and the NBA. Uh, I'm big into video games. I've always been, I probably played too many of them when I was at CMU to be honest. Um, but I still uh, am in that scene uh, quite a bit. I'd say like one of my favorite games is Tetris. Uh, I just love playing Tetris uh, nonstop, um, and uh, I, 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 you know, done uh, been out of school for eighteen years now, uh, and my entire career has been in data and analytics. Uh, so I found a way to get people to pay me to do the thing I was doing for fun, uh, and had a, you know just like an incredible um, amount of fun along the way with like, just a, you know varied. Um, types of roles, functions, and uh, and stakeholders. So, uh, yeah, it's been a fun ride. I, I kind of wish this. Uh, I, I knew more about this field when I was actually in school, uh, and I'm just very blessed that it, it all worked out. Um, and then off the field, uh, I live in New York. I've been married to uh, my wife, who I met at CMU, and we have an eight-year-old son. <laughs> okay. I, I wanted to make about uh, I wanted to make a joke about Tipper students, but I'll I'll, I'll, I'll pass on it. For <laughs> yeah, well, for, I mean, maybe a quick shout out anyone uh, doing the the business program there. We met because we were assigned to the management game the very last semester of senior year, uh, and um, she was heading up the finance role. I was heading up the marketing role of this like fake company we were running together. Oh, wow! Uh, and um, that was the that's how we met, and that's how. It all, it all happened. And you're living in New York. That's awesome. I've, I've looked at, at what you've done in the last few years, and it's so, so impressive. And I've seen a lot of tech this, tech that, tech this, tech that. So you've been involved in the technology uh, space in a variety of ways. But you mentioned that you graduated from the School of Business here at CMU. So I'm very curious to learn more about how that came about, the transition from uh, business stuff to tech so it, I think it's a simple, I mean, we could do the through line all the way back to when I was really young. Uh, and growing up, my, I remember my dad got me uh, the IBM personal computer, I think when I was probably like five or six. And it was the one where, where like 
you had the actual floppy disks. It didn't even have a hard drive. So you had like A drive with boot drive and B drive where you insert like Word Perfect or Lotus or like your games, like Pac-Man or whatever. Um, so like that kind of got me interested in tech from a very early age. I've always been um, just like a techie and and like wanted to uh wanted to, you know any every new gadget that came out i you know getting you know i would, I would get the pc magazine just to read about the new processors that were coming out and all this um so like i, I had a real tech mindset i actually started at cmu uh in the in, in the engineering program uh as a freshman uh, what i found there was that like while i liked tech a lot and i was like you know i i was pretty good at math I didn't like the engineering function um, itself. I liked doing, you know, analytics with data, but I, I just didn't find that freshman year to be at all satisfying. I just like none of the core engineering courses spoke to me. So I'm like, okay, well, I got to pivot pretty fast. Otherwise, I'm going to blow up my mouth and and uh, and uh, you know maybe destroy my my my, my entire academic uh, chances. So I pivoted to business, not because I had a particularly like strong um, knowledge of even like what that space was, but more just, okay, it was a kind of a nice adjacent degree, like reasonably quantitative. So it spoke to the background. Um, and uh, at, at, the, at the time, I mean, a lot of the, the top companies that uh, were recruiting from CMU were more finance or consulting, management consulting companies, but not the types that uh, I was into. But I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot. Let's just see what this is like. And that uh, allowed me to st stabilize a bit, figure out what I liked, um, I got into a market research course. Um, I think my senior, junior, junior, year, one of those those two, and that was really the ah okay, like you can understand consumers with data and um, and so on. And then I made made my way back into tech while I was at Nielsen, uh, where I was for over seventeen years, um, because Nielsen, basically every company in the world is uh, you know relies on Nielsen data to some extent, uh, whether it's you know the the, the Nielsen IQ business, which is all about market share um, and in-store sales and online sales and so on, or the Nielsen media side of the equation, which is all about, hey, how, how many people saw my content or my ads and what did what did they do as a result? So um, when I was at Nielsen, that was kind of a nice way to have the two worlds merge and like the data analytics side of my brain and uh, the tech side of my brain started to collide as we would start working with tech companies, um, all the big ones that you could name um, uh, off the top of your head uh, in terms of helping them under their, understand their media strategy and their, uh, their e-commerce strategy. Uh, you probably have a squarey rectangular gadget in your pocket at the moment as we speak, right? And so it either belongs to, you know, the logo for, for that gadget that you have. It's either a fruit or a robot, right? So let's swing this pendulum. So I'm, I'm curious about where you fall on this. Is it on the robot side of things? Is it on the fruity side of things? I've always switched back and forth. I can tell you right now that there <laughs> is a, uh, a fruit logo um, on the square uh, piece of technology in my pocket, um, as well as a fruit logo on the watch I'm wearing. But I like to, to try out the new ones, my, my wife actually gets on me quite a bit because like every year I'm like, I'm buying a new phone just because I want to try <laughs> a new phone. And last year I had a, one of the robot aligned phones that uh, was a foldable phone that I thought was just like really, really cool. Like it folded in half, um, like, like almost like one of those compact uh, makeup uh, mirrors. And um, yeah, I used that for, for several months before, before switching back to fruit. And uh, 
yeah, it's just one of those. I yeah, you know, whoever whoever's trying the you know the coolest thing or the most innovative thing, I'm gonna give it a shot. <laughs> right choice. Um, anyway, back to what you mentioned about you know as a freshman you started out on the engineering path, uh, but then you you talk about not being very intrigued by that, and so you made the switch to the business where you're able to maybe deal with more data and stuff. So I'm curious about how how that happened. What was your mental process walking into that, and and how did you get to decide that okay, I actually don't like this, and I'm gonna pivot to uh, Tepa School of Business. So one thing I had always known about myself is that, and I'll contrast this to like you know I think a lot of people at CMU have the opposite skill set. Like I I really struggle with like putting energy into things that like I. I realize I need to do, but I don't want to do. <laughs> um, the, the, like I, I think that manifests in the sense that, like, when when I was doing these intro level mechanical engineering or physics for engineering students or um, electrical and computer engineering for engineering students courses, um, like the problems, like the, the sheer math behind them was interesting, right? Okay, like solving a math problem, but the context around them of like, you know solving this circuit or um you know this this uh, you know the the, the math behind a, a a mechanical machine or whatever like i didn't really care <laughs> so it was like this disconnect in my brain of like okay you have a math problem that like okay you can work out for two hours but i don't really care about the answer because i don't really care about the question so like it it really just like i think became clear to me during that freshman year that like okay i need to find things that where i care about the questions and um, while I think aspects of, um, you know, the, the undergraduate business degree didn't really speak to me, like accounting, like, I'm going to be honest, I'd, I'd be the world's worst accountant. I have absolutely no brain for that. Uh, but marketing really did speak to me. And like, marketing is about people and about how people tick and what people are interested in, what they'll buy and types of products that they need. And like, and, like for that, um, it really, like, I found, oh, I do care about these questions. I do care about what price should you set a product at or if you, you launch a new strawberry soda in in um in supermarkets like who's gonna buy it what will we'll pull market share from and like I, I just found that like oh it's not the 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 you know the the actual mechanics of engineering that i was having a struggle with it's that i didn't care about the questions right. so right. um the 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 pivot to business like really um really squared that and then i also found um i just for fun i took some econ classes and so on didn't get a degree but like added you know, just just for fun, took some of some of those, and I was I found those also just very fascinating. Understanding how um, both macro and micro, um, you know, economic systems work and the complex complexities behind them, and how you can do all the math you want, but people are still people, and uh, that is uh, just fascinating stuff to me. Right. So four years or however long it took down the line, you are wanting to transition more into the career industry, right? And, and, and you ended up at a tech technology firm, right? I think Nielsen, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it, it, it is a technology company, right? Yeah, so it's a, it's a data analytics uh, um, company, but, uh, you, know, it, it, you know, the entirety of the company is data science and technology. And so, so. I'm also very curious about that, like how, 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 how was that possible for you uh, with the business uh, certificate, being able to look for... Uh, a job in a company that's more data science than anything else. 
Yeah, so I mean, the, the good thing about Nielsen is that they, uh, well, there are a lot of good things about Nielsen, but one, one in particular was that uh, they do they they do a lot of different things, or at least especially at the time they did. So um, the reason that is relevant is the part of the company that I joined out of college was this, this, this part of the company called Basies, which was about um, the exact example I gave earlier about the strawberry soda. Uh, it's about a new product is going to hit, you know, supermarkets or store shelves and understanding the sales behind that. Mm-hmm. How much is it going to sell? Who's going to buy it? Um, and what's the impact it's going to make on the marketplace? So for that business, you you need people with, mar- with, with basically the exact combination of business and statistics that I came out of CMU with. Um, so they were recruiting on campus uh, in 2004. I'm not sure if they still do. Um, and uh, it, it, it was like one of those like, I, I actually graduated without uh, a job in hand, but like I knew that like that was one that was like that was a place I wanted to be. So um, the fit seemed pretty clear. Like they had an assessment that you that, that I took before I, I left Pittsburgh and, and went back uh, to my my folks for a couple months. And uh, the the job ended up hitting on my on my third try actually. So uh, that's another thing is like I got rejected the first two times. Uh, I must have been close though to the final um, the final round because they're like, okay, third time's a charm. Here you go, Raja. Here's the job. Um, and and I mean, like ultimately, it was it was the it was the stats background um, and uh, sort of the applied uh, business thinking that that came out of the 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 Tupper program that I think was the was the right fit. And then from there, kind of once you're in. Um, I started as a data scientist, although we didn't call it a data scientist back in 2004. Uh, and, uh, and like when, once you're in, like, you know, you can learn from, from whoever you want, you can, you can move around the company. So I was lucky enough to, you know, I got to be an analyst. I got to be in like sales. I got to be, um, in our product team and I got to lead teams and all those functions as well as, um, engineering and technology. So, um, it, uh, it, it really opened the door in some ways it's kind of like that first in. And then after that, it's all curiosity and finding people who do, do cool things that you want to do, or at least learn from and just figuring it out. <laughs> well, and, and, and so you are this company for, uh, was it 18 years, right? Yeah. Almost 18 years. Uh, I left, uh, in March of this year. And, and and usually I think statistics, I'm going to be one of those people who talks about statistics without citing the source. Um, statistics indicates that, you know, a lot of college graduates usually just, you know, stay in one particular job from four to seven years and then they switch to something else. And so I'm very impressed. And also I kind of want to ask why you stayed uh which, which is a very noble thing, but also which is not a very normal thing, unfortunately. So what prompted you to stay at this company for eight years, 17 plus years? Yeah, well, I mean, there's, there's no question that if you had told me in 2004 that I would have been at Nielsen still in 2022, I would be like, you're crazy. Like, there's no way. Because <laughs> uh, to your point, like, it's, it's, you know, forget about like careers. Like, like I feel like most marriages don't last 18 years, right? Like a lot of things, yes, like, yes. um, it's, it's a really long time to, uh, to, to commit to, but in retrospect, what, what, what kept me motivated at Nielsen was the ability to move around. So like, I'd, I'd say like, I'd break the 18 ish years into basically four different stints, each that were a little between four to five years. Um, 
And like within each of those stints, it was kind of their own, its own business unit. It was kind of its own function. So like I had almost like four different careers at Nielsen doing completely different things that built off of each other. Um, so I mentioned like I started, I did four years of data science in the Basies organization, which was about new product forecasting. Then I had four years as an analyst and a, and, and a client service rep on our e-commerce measurement business, which at the time was like the very beginning, right? 2008, like people were buying diapers online. Um, they were buying books online, but it's not like you were like buying your groceries online to the same extent that people do today. So it was like very early for that story in the game and four years of being like an expert in the company and in, you know, in the industry around online, online commerce. Um, then I had four years in our media analytics group and I was, um, you know, it was my first time I was like in proper, um, like, like client service and sales. I had to, you know, manage against the PL. I had a revenue target that I had to hit all those kinds of things. Um, so I did that and led, led, led a team there. And then, um, I led, uh, product and technology teams. Um, so we were actually building products that, uh, that, that, you know, clients around the industry are buying. So four completely different experiences all under one company banner. Um, like it's, it's just really incredible that, that the company kind of allows for that amount of variation and, and career development that isn't just, okay, analyst one, analyst two, manager one, manager two, right? Uh, it, it was like, you could move around a lot. And for someone like me who doesn't have a very like long attention span, uh, it, it, it ended up being very, 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 a really good fit. Um, so again, yeah, 18 years, like it's, it's, uh, like even, even for me looking back, I'm like, what, yeah. how? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's cool. And, and, when you talk about the four pockets, you know, the, the four uh, seasons uh, when you were in the company, I imagine that a lot of learning was taking place at that time, right? And and for me, uh, I'm an engineering student, yes, but I've been playing piano for a while. And so I think in that realm of musicianship, I might dare refer to myself as a professional pianist, uh, it, it sounds cocky whenever I say it, so I don't like saying that. But I've realized that because I've been doing it for some time, there's actually some complacency that's kicked in, right? So I struggle really moving from or learning new stuff because there's just that attitude that, okay, I've done this for XYZ amount of years and I play at X, I've played at XYZ places. And so because of that, there's no need to learn. And so I'm very curious about you. Okay, after CMU, you kept, you know, learning and you kept trying to learn. And even within the company, once you had uh, secured uh, some employment of sorts, you kept learning within the company. I am currently not like that. And, and so I'm very curious about how you uh, fought that off. I think it's a real, a real good observation on, on uh, just kind of the, like, at some point the learning curve trails off and, and there's like a, like, like it can even hit at your, your motivation and, and like, cause you, you, to your exact point, like you don't feel that same sense of progress after uh, several years of doing something and it's kind of more on the margins or at least feels that way. Uh, I, I think for, for me, like I, in some ways what helped me was, was that I, I, I did get bored in each of those different uh, scenarios. So like after, you know, four years of that first gig um, in data science, like it was clear, I was like, I need to do something different. I need to do something in a different part of the business 
and I need to learn a new function. I can't just be right a data scientist in a different part of the organization, but I also wanted to try something different. Now that do that double leap is a little bit tricky, uh, and it, it really required you know knowing the right people and uh, proving myself and you know long interview cycles and all that to do the transfer. But um, the the like I want to be as fish out of water as possible because that way I will learn really really quickly because I don't have a choice. Uh, ended up being really, um, really useful. And I feel like every single stint, like that first day of the new gig, I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. Like, what did I just do? And like this, like terrifying feeling at first. And then it's like, oh, well, like in a year when I actually get it, like I'm going to look back to today as the day that I took the jump and I tried it. And, um, you know, not every bet's going to go well, but I'm going to bet on myself. Oh wow, that's that's helpful. And and you also talked about in two thousand and four, you guys were not referred to as data scientists, right? And so I think that nomenclature is a product of the evolution within you know that industry. And so I think eighteen years is a long time. So I believe you've seen the evolution happening. Uh, would you tell us more about how much things have changed and what these things are and what you envision for the future with the everything that's happening. I mean, it's just, it is incredible how, how far things have advanced. And like, I, I mean, I, I, I do sort of just in, in, in saying that like, yeah, I, I was a data scientist in 2004, but like, uh, I, I think like the, the, the field itself, like the, the amount of, uh, just like sophistication and the amount of AI being used and so on that, um, was just really not, certainly not at my fingertips when I was, uh, early on practicing is, is really, really something. I think the tooling in particular is one that, for me, um, the, 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 the democratization of um, of analytical tooling and the rise of so many of these open source um, coding platforms and, and so on has really been impressive. And I think back to, like, if we just even take a non-work example, like, in in college, I would run a lot of these models, like, you know, on, you know, football data and I was like trying to predict like fantasy football I was like okay can I math myself into a win here uh by running a bunch of regression models and you know, for that I was just using whatever mini tab or you know R um and just running a, a basic regression now like the amount of data you can train on the amount of variables you can incorporate the amount of, like the data engineering challenge of okay like I need to get every game that was ever played and then I need to get all the weather information and I want to get all the game lines and like all these kinds of things like that is a much like more like that's, that's much more practical now to build those types of things because you can set up pipelines that are automated and I've even done them myself where wow. um, now I, I nothing like particularly rigorous but um, even the basic like I want an always on NBA power ranking model so anytime a game is played or at least every day um, I want a script to run that like updates my power rankings based on what happened the day before um, that pretty easy to do now uh and once it's there like the data's there like <laughs> what you can do with it the amount of compute power like all this that and the other is, is is just staggering so um obviously like that you know the, the amount of and, and like the amount of impact algorithms have on our daily lives is like also a little staggering and um like i think there's that like that concern side of the equation of okay like how do we understand what's actually happening here where um, you'll, you'll throw up your streaming app and I'll put up my streaming app and we have completely different home screens. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> wow. 
So like that is the the impact, the power of what can be done, but also the potential challenges. Well, that's that's cool. Um, and, and and my last question to you, really, um, I'll, I'll ask this in two portions, right? The first portion is I saw that uh, you have a scholarship foundation for students, and and that's so cool. I'm very curious curious about how that came about, and then what inspired you to. Uh, start that. And then the second and most important bit of this question is what do I need to do to get that money? <laughs> uh, so so the, um, the scholarship is something my sister and I um, started in honor of our other sister, our late sister, who um, passed away m- many, many years ago um, from uh, complications from, uh, from Down syndrome and heart failure. Um, so it was something that we... Um, we kind of had just like toyed around with the the concept of, Hey, you know, we've had, uh, you know, we, we were both able to graduate college. We're both, you know, in professionals and, and, and we're like, okay, like it's time to start thinking about how to pay it forward. And about, about a decade ago, uh, we thought a scholarship might be the right way to do it. Um, where we can, we can find students who, um, basically the amount of the scholarship that we were offering, which at the time and still is, um, is, is 2000 a year for four years. Um, that amount kind of like is the gap between them being able to go to college and not. So we're, we're really looking for cases where, you know, we're, you know, if someone has a, a much bigger gap than that, like. They're gonna like they're gonna need a lot more help than us, and like while we want to help, like we're we're looking for someone where we can really be, like take the risk out of the the equation for them, and then they can go to to school. Um, the, it, it just came out of um, you know we 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 had conversations about doing it. I, I think what really hit was we went to India uh, together in about a decade ago with my with my family, um, just a family trip, and I think. We'd been before, but it really just did strike us like the amount of importance there is on paying it forward and the inequality that exists um, and the opportunity um, and access to education is like kind of the most important um, way to level the pl- playing field. So that's why we we went with a scholarship. Um, it's currently offered um, through one goal um, out of Chicago. Uh, and and basically, it's, it's, it's uh, we we open up applications to high school seniors in the Chicago area who are through that program, and um, and and go from there. So it's uh, it's a lot of it's, it's such a rewarding thing to do. Right. Um. By in in meeting these these candidates every year, and uh, it's like also the hardest thing in that like okay, like we might interview five, and we have one winner. Wow. So that means four no's. And we always feel terrible about the no's, but we feel better about the yes. And it's just like the bad. And then pre-COVID, we would meet everyone in person. Um, so hopefully maybe this, this this spring when we're doing interviews, we can do that again. And because uh, it just, it, it is so nice uh, to be able to do that. And um, yeah, oh, oh, I mean, hopefully, hopefully over time we can even do more with it. But right. for now, um, we're doing what we can. That's awesome, man. That's encouraging. I, I, I personally have a non-profit back in Kenya and, and it's always very, um, we have a school and, and it's always just very encouraging to witness just how much, uh, you know, little investment or something that might seem to be a little investment does in changing the lives of other people. So I'm so encouraged by you and I'm so encouraged by this conversation. I continue to wish you well. My last question, always my last question, what advice might you have for 
a younger Ronjan at Carnegie Mellon University? What would that be? I think uh, it'd probably be two things. One is to, like kind of what I was saying earlier around, like, know yourself well enough to know that you don't care about the questions in this particular field and find things that you do. Um, so like, I think there are some folks that like, like don't need, like, like the field matters maybe less than, than what you're doing. And that's also fine. I, I think it's, it's just like knowing yourself, me as self-aware as possible as to what makes you tick, what your, what your, you know, likes or dislikes, what you're passionate about, what you're not. And really building, spend time on the things you're passionate about and don't run from them because uh, you, you can make a career out of it. Um, I think the other uh, was, I, 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 I feel like the, in my mid-20s was probably when I, when I unlocked the, a bit more of an optimistic uh, worldview. And um, what, I would, what, I, what I wish I would have known earlier in college in particular was just believe in people don't don't be don't be cynical you're too young to be cynical <laughs> so, so right. believe in people believe in things and believe in institutions not because they don't fail because they are all fallible um and they can all be corrupted uh but believe in them because if you don't then they a hundred percent will be the worst case scenario um as long as you believe every everything is is you know as long as if you believe nothing um, great is possible, then nothing great is possible, right? Wow. Uh, so, um, and I, I think the, the the backdrop there was like, like I, you know, I, I 9-11 happened when I was in um, in college and I realized like many students now, maybe all, um, were not even alive for that. Uh, but that was like kind of like, a, oh, well, I guess just everything sucks and everyone hates each other and we're all just going to bomb each other. Like that was like kind of where I went. And um, that's not helpful. It doesn't like. I feel like that that didn't help me. That doesn't help people I, <laughs> I was around. That doesn't help the world. And believing in the possibility of things is just like generally a better thing to do, especially um, when you're young. I feel like you can give up when you're old. <laughs> wow! Thanks for that. That's that's helpful. That's illuminating. Uh, and, and, and that's our parting shot. Thank you so much, Mr. Ronjan. And uh, to everyone listening, remember to believe in people and be optimistic. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Scottish Stories. Until next time, stay classy. Thank you. Are you a student looking for an inspiring career journey? Maybe you are a recent graduate trying to navigate your career path on your own. Or perhaps you are an alum wanting to make a positive impact through teaching and mentorship. If any of those scenarios apply to you, then check out CM Universe, an online mentoring platform for CMU students and alumni. Thousands have already joined the platform. Connect with a network of Tartans dedicated to pursuing their passions and sign up for an account at cmuniverse.peoplegrove.com. That's CMU. N-I-V-E-R-S-E dot peoplegrove.com. CM Universe, creating professional connections at Carnegie Mellon University.